0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode 9 of Cape Sports Now, your local weekly, whatever you want to call it, scene for local high school sports. Uh, my name's Steve Didier, and alongside Matt Goishman. Matt, it's May now. Again, it's warming up, and boy, Finally. do we have some really cool matchups coming up this week. Rematches, to be more yeah. specific. A lot of rematches, teams who they lost to, either rivals or really close opponents the first time, mm-hmm. really want to get their revenge. and. And on top of that, look, a lot of these teams are trying to lock up a postseason spot within the next couple of weeks. So it's, it's going to be a really exciting finish in a lot of these sports, especially like baseball, for example, where Absolutely. you see a lot of teams really packed together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we're, we've got four weeks till seedings come out for most sports. So, you know, we're looking at somewhere between, you know, eight and ten games left for everybody, maybe 12 if you add a lot of rainouts. So the next couple of weeks are going to be really crucial for wherever your team winds up. You know, baseball, as you mentioned, the Atlantic Coast League, a lot of big matchups this week. And the Atlantic Coast League in baseball is wide open. Every Mm -hmm. team has lost at least two games. You know, Falmouth, they have a huge couple of games coming up. They are home against Marshfield on Wednesday. And then they get their rematch against rival uh, Barnstable on Friday. Barnstable won. uh, It was like 12-3 last week. It was Mm -hmm. a rainy game. It was sloppy. A lot of errors. So, I'm sure the Clippers are looking to play better than that. Um, you know. But those aren't the only ones. D.Y. is at Nauston on Wednesday. That's a big ACL match. Sandwich is at Marshfield on Thursday. D.Y. is at Marshfield on Friday. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we wound up with a tie for first in this <laughs> league. I really am not sure that any one team is going to put it all together for a couple of games in a row and really take control of these standings. If I had to pick one, I actually would probably fit th- I think uh, Nossett is maybe the favorite right now, but only slightly. They're five and three. They're four and two in the league. They beat Falmouth on Friday. Mack Labarge had a grand slam. You know, he was two for three, a steal, a couple runs scored. The four RBIs, obviously. Um, JP Labarge four hits, no walks, eight strikeouts in the um, complete game victory, and it was you know the one run he earned was unearned. So. Nosset is maybe in the strongest position right now, but only only slightly.
0: Yeah, and I agree. I mean, both the Labarges, JP and Mac are really mm-hmm. huge down the stretch, and especially when you look at pitching, to have um you know, and to have both of those guys there and and both of them hold power bats too. Sure. I think that's really key down the stretch. Um and Nosset's played a tough schedule. Look, I mean they they went to go play Hopkins in a very solid, yeah. well not really central mass, but like Eastern Central yeah, Mass. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a school they, they took their licks there, but I, I think that kind of made them better for the long run, and, mm-hmm. and I think once they start really hammering down into a league schedule, um, they could really uh, you know make a run at it.
1: Right. You know, and meanwhile, Falmouth, they can't give away any more ACL matches. I, I, you know I think if they lose one more, then they probably are not going to be able to win it all. They still could mm-hmm. very easily get to the playoffs, right. but they've been a bit of an inconsistent team this year. The same right. could be said for Barnstable. You know, they'll win a game and look good, then they'll lose and look bad. The offense will show up one day, not show up the next. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got good pitchers, you know. You know, Matt Lieb is in their ace, Keith right. Killers has pitched some innings, but they've got to put it all together for a few games in a row. I think just to kind of get themselves righted and feel like we're capable of playing consistently well for multiple games on end. Right.
0: And um, a couple other interesting baseball rematches while we're on the sport, too. You know, Sturgis West and Mashpee on Thursday. And, you know, mm-hmm. you covered that game in the beginning of the yeah. year. Sturgis West getting their first ever win over Mashpee. But Mashpee ever since, you know, has ripped off, I believe, what is it here? Um, they won two of their last three. Yeah. And, I mean, at a 7-2 and record, have put themselves in a really good position um to, to to make a run in there in that division four. You know, big contributions from Freddie Hanna, Jack Richmond, especially yeah. on the mound, and, and Zach Landry also pitching a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. And all those guys can hit. <laughs> so <Yeah>. to, again, <laughs> just like Nossett, you know, having that those guys who can contribute in both facets of the game is really crucial. Yeah. Uh-huh. And especially for a small school like Maskey, you know?
1: Sure. Meanwhile, change it over to softball. Steve was more willing to say this last week. I'm on board with him now. I I think after last week it's pretty uh, not obvious but evident that Monomoy is the best softball team on the Cape. They had two huge victories last week. They beat DY 7-2 in South Yarmouth, and then they went to Nantucket and won 5-2 on a five-run rally in the seventh inning. Emma Thatcher, who is just knocking – the heck out of the ball right now, had a two-run home run. Julie Slade had a two-run single. Molly Charest struck out 12. Now, Monomoy has four games this week, so four (laughs) games starting today, and their last one is Friday. So they are definitely going to get their work in. These are all against teams that they have already beaten. Probably tomorrow's game against Rising Tide was the closest to 5-1. Player I think could really step up for them this week is Kathleen Prescott, who pitched the last two innings of Monomoy's 15-0 win against Sturgis West uh, on Thursday. Sturgis West is their opponent on Friday, by the way, so they'll see them again. You know, uh, Prescott and Charest tag-teamed a, a five-inning no-hitter in that game. You know, Prescott came in to pitch the last two, four strikeouts, one walk. Mm-hmm. They'll probably pitch Charest to start maybe all four of these games, but if they can get big leads, which they are very capable of mm-hmm. doing, I would not be at all surprised to see Prescott finishing some of these games.
0: Yeah, and I was a bit surprised to see that. You know, it, you look at Coach Stacey and I really just in past years has kind of taken one pitcher and rode with her. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for her, the last three years, that's been Molly Charest. So yeah. it is interesting to see that dynamic in, in what was thought to be a pretty much locked-up position. But I, I think the thing is with Monomoy, I mean, they, they don't start it off easy. They start with Sandwich, and they they knocked off D.Y. on Absolutely. Friday 3-2. to two, You know, rain thoroughly um, – Turley. Turley, yeah. My bad. I mispronounced her last name there. It, first of all, really cool to see a lefty, fellow mm-hmm. uh, left-handed uh, former baseball player. That that's cool to see. You know, she's five and three and, and uh, forty strikeouts and fifty-three innings pitched. So, I mean, she she can throw the ball well. And and uh, a big credit to her for battling a tough DY mm-hmm. lineup. You know, Monoy did shut out Sandwich thirteen to nothing early in the year. But you know what? It's much warmer lately. I think Sandwich can get the bats going and make a much closer game than it was the first time.
1: Probably. You know, and Sandwich, they're good. One ACL loss. I think Marshfield is maybe the clearer favorite in softball to win that league, but Sandwich is not out of this by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Marshfield has got a big game at D.Y. later this week. Mm -hmm. I think if D.Y. can win that, that would go a really long way towards giving other teams maybe mainly the Blue Knights, a shot to to come back and win the ACL yeah. this year. And it's tough because D.Y. did
0: have that big win over Nantucket earlier in the week just to kind of get a win on the board. It wasn't yep. a league win, but, you know, <laughs> it's a team that it has been struggling a little bit. And, again, it is a bit of a transition year for them. I mean, mm-hmm. Abby Hicks and Matty Medeiros so are their two pitchers now, and it's a big change-up from past years where there's the Sammy Feinstein. Right. Ride her all pretty much as long as you can. So... DY does need to r- rip off a few wins here. I mean, they're going to have a rematch with Marshfield, I believe, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is yeah, Friday. Friday. And DY almost beat them up in Marshfield. Yeah. I mean, they were up two nothing late in the game. They did give up both runs, and they mm-hmm. ended up losing on a walk off in the eighth inning. So, I mean, it's not saying that DY can't pull it together, but they are in a little bit of trouble right now. So,
1: yeah,
0: um, they're going to have to string together a few wins because a playoff spot's no sure thing for them at this point. Absolutely. Lacrosse, what do you got? So really the big story again, and it's starting to sound like a broken record, but Falmouth with lacrosse, but on both sides <laughs> here, you know, the big game Tuesday, Marshall that Falmouth boys, you know, the winner's going to determine the ACL championship. It's a little more nuanced than that. Falmouth has already locked up a share of the league title. But if they win, they'll win it outright. And if they lose, they'll split. Mm-hmm. Falmouth beat Marshfield early in the season 6-5. A really exciting game. Falmouth scored four unanswered goals in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Big lead by Colin Almeida, who's really starting to come to his yep. own. Had five goals the other day against Nossett. Again, is leading that team. And talking to, um, talking to Coach Rory Morse, I mean, the big focus for his team is to stop getting off to slow starts. It seems like he says every road game, it's, one the first or second quarter the team's kind of lagging and they pull it together in the second half certainly i mean they're at home so that part of it helps but they're going to need a full four quarter effort to really lock up their own share of the acl title so Mm -hmm. that'll be a real interesting matchup there but then the girls undefeated still 13 and 0. um they've already won their league title they're already in the playoffs you know but that undefeated record is at stake i know they want to finish strong it's not their biggest focus they didn't come into the season say hey let's go undefeated but certainly it would be a historic feat Absolutely. if they were able to do so i don't believe except for the vineyard i don't think they've played anybody that they're going to play anybody that they haven't seen yet so mm-hmm. um it won't be easy they got the vineyard and nantucket both island squads have shown promise this year so it's going to be enough to keep them focused on the stretch you know you talk a lot about these teams who do really good during the regular season mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily have that focus to the drive to the finish and then they come in sloppy starting the playoffs and then they get upset right coach Derek Czar seems to think that his team is focused enough they're calm enough boys, mm-hmm. poised to finish the season strong and carry that into the postseason um, and it was a big week for the Clippers this past week I mean Hannah Ginsburg, who was just coming back from a concussion a couple games ago scores a winning goal in overtime against Sandwich mm-hmm. Sandwich led the entire second half until Falmouth tied it and then Falmouth finally took the lead in overtime, or when they won it (laughs) in sudden death overtime. So that was a huge win for them. And in the process, Kyle Ozzotto, one of their other scorers, reaches 100 goals. So good accomplishment for her. A lot's going on for that team.
1: Yeah, that game struck me to some extent as maybe the difference between a veteran team and a younger team. Sandwich Sandwiches frequently is a pretty young team just because Kelsey Beaton does such a good job we're building the youth-like program in the sandwich area for both lacrosse and field hockey, Mm -hmm. whereas Falmouth is loaded with seniors, loaded with players who are either going to play lacrosse or field hockey at the next level. And then Quinn O'Rourke, who has been really, to use hyperbole, a bit of a revelation this year. I mean, she's really at another level this year
0: right and i mean she, look she did reach 100 goals last season so i mean she was already a good goal scorer but mm-hmm. i think the big thing that zara said about her game is that she's just like i said earlier she's so much more composed and join that the, the fact that the junior who plays like a senior quite frankly has all those other seniors like rachel curtis mm-hmm. and, and not only that on the defensive end because she'll help out play midfield but uh, senior defender Gwen Borning has yeah, really done an outstanding her. job marking up. You know, she was marking Sammy Fines or me, Sammy Garassi yep. at the end of the uh, sandwich game at the end of regulation. That yeah. was big, and her work can take draw controls too. And, and as you know, especially in girls' across, you gain possessions very hard to get the ball back. Absolutely. Um, Basically, you have to force the other team to turn the ball over or, or score a goal if you want any shot of getting the ball back. So she, uh, O'Rourke won the draw control against Garassi in overtime, and they went right down and scored. Sure. So um, just having that dynamic um, ability is just, you're right, it, it's huge. And a lot of speed on the field too, and I think that's a real difference when you look at Falmouth versus maybe some other mm-hmm. smaller schools who play good lacrosse. Falmouth plays fast,
1: they're in your face, and they don't back down and they don't get,
0: no situation seems to be too big for them.
1: Um, the other interesting thing I always think with lacrosse is, or girls lacrosse, is that there are only two divisions. So right. Falmouth, it'll be interesting to see once they get to the postseason, which, which they're already in, who they're seated against and what the size of the teams that they play are. Like I remember in field hockey they matched up with Mashby, mm-hmm. which is a much smaller school, but they're in right. the same division because field hockey is also just a two-division sport, and it was not. It's a much lower scoring game typically too. Yeah, but this mm-hmm. was a – Blowout. I mean, this was right. a, a pretty big win for the Clippers, and it, right. it looked like a mismatch. Right. So we'll see what happens when they get there in lacrosse. Right. You mentioned the vineyard, um, which I thought it was that's a good enough transition to girls tennis. And mm-hmm. on Friday we've got a match I've been looking forward to since the start of the season. And it finally seemed, it was supposed to be at the start it of it was, <laughs> and then it, you know the start of the season was just literally a washout most yeah. of the time. Martha's Vineyard home Friday against Sharon. Ah, uh, the Vineyarders are five and zero right now. They have two games between now and then. They've got uh, Barnstable and Bishop fian fian is a conference rival, but Sharon is really the one that is really going to say where the Vineyard is at. Although I think we all already know they're they're pretty they're pretty well off. Sharon is the defending uh, Division One state champion. They were the only team that beat the Vineyard last year. They are undefeated as well. What I like about this Vineyard team is its flexibility. So mm-hmm. Your top two spots are pretty settled. Kelly Claren is your number one singles player. She is 5-0. and you know, She's undefeated. She's only lost four total games in five matches. Mm-hmm. Victoria Scott, who was a doubles player most of last year, is undefeated at number two singles. She's only given up six games in five matches, so doing her, her job and getting it done there. But then it gets kind of interesting. You know, Hannah Rabaska... In five matches, she's been the number three singles player three times. But Lizzie Williamson, who was a singles player as a freshman, she also, you know, took one match at that spot, and so did Molly Pogue. Williamson has had a couple of partners that won doubles. You know, Pogue once, Cat Roberts three times. Um, Alex Rego has been at number two singles pretty consistently, but she's paired with Cheska Potter. She's paired with Molly Pogue. You know, Coach Nina Bramhall and – Liz Roberts, they are very good at analyzing what the matchups are and figuring out where they can really get those three points that you need to win a tennis match. And so she can just mix and match, and the team seems very willing to do you know, whatever they need to, play wherever they need to, to get those points.
0: Right. And that's a sign of a talented team too, though, mm-hmm. the,
1: the fact that you don't have to
0: run your same seven out there you know, the three singles and and the four or the two doubles pairs and that you can move around and kind of say, hey, let's go try this and see what works best. Because as you know, even though the vineyards made it look easy, I mean, once you get to the postseason, there really are no easy matches because you have a lot of talent out there. And and even though, like I said, the vineyard makes it look easy, I mean,
1: you never know who could come up from year to year and really surprise people. I mean, they swept all of their postseason opponents 5-0, including a state semifinal match where where it was like 98 degrees. Right. It, like, <laughs> there was a car on fire as I was making the drive up to, I think. <laughs> I think Hopkinton was where the match was, but it was, it was a tough uh, playing conditions. Meanwhile, the individual tournament for tennis starts this weekend. It'll go the next two weekends, and then they take a break for the team playoffs, and then they come back for the state semifinals and finals the weekend after the state championships, Mm -hmm. you know, Lizzie Williamson and Victoria Scott are undefeated as a doubles pair. They have never lost when they play with each other. They are the two time defending individual doubles champions. So even though they haven't played together yet this season, it would not surprise me if Bramhall puts the two of them together for that tournament when there's nothing else you really need to think about.
0: Right. You yeah, know, that's it's really cool about these individual tournaments. They're a real big showcase for, mm-hmm. you know, the tennis talent that the Cape has. And then sometimes, you know, that some of that talent goes unnoticed until you really see it Absolutely. play out in a tournament together. You know, some of these results get lost in the dual meets, but... When you put it out there in these tournaments. I think that's when things get real interesting. And the Sharon team, you know, I mean, that's that's not going to be a cakewalk
1: either for the Vineyard. No, <laughs> I, I don't think so at all. I mean, they're they're eight and zero and a lot of five zero sweeps. I think one of their matches was a three two victory. But you know, they and they Sharon, but that was a close close match last year. I think it was a three two match that Sharon won. So you know, it'll be a good measuring stick. But even if the Vineyard loses, I mean. Long-term, right. Uh, yeah, the uh, will still be fine. It's not like they got to go beat them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So,
0: And I wanted to work back a little quickly to some uh, lacrosse as well. So on Thursday, there's a big rematch between Sandwich and Nosset Boys. Mm-hmm. Nosset Boys got off to a real promising start. They started their season by beating Marshfield. And for new coach Chris Gildhouse, that was like one of the first goals, is to beat Marshfield in some sense, and they yep. did. Problem is now they've lost five straight – and, and their playoff chances are, have taken a big hit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandwich Me Miles seems to be rolling pretty well. Um, you know, they, they dominated Noss a couple weeks ago, 10-4 to 4 at home. Uh, big surge in the fourth quarter. You know, Guys like Charlie Chapman stepping up, but also um, Cam Lopes, Mather Negron starting to get their uh, goal-scoring abilities going again. Mm-hmm. And, and really this is a team that I think if they can get on a roll here, could be a real threat in the playoffs, even to a team like Falmouth. I mean, sandwich beat Falmouth earlier in the season. Yeah, um, I don't. I wouldn't say that was a fluke, but it definitely <laughs> was a. Uh, it definitely was during the rematch. You saw that Falmouth kind of showed that they, right now, they're a better team. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see what kind of run they can make here. And, and again, for Nauset, I mean, you know, they said after the sandwich game, "Hey, we're going to get another shot at them at our own home place." But it, it's getting into a real critical junction for them. Definitely. So um, definitely Trevor Good. They're going to have to ride him as, as far as they can. I mean, he's their leading goal scorer. And then all, I should mention two Aiden Sullivan, obviously, in the midfield. And really, Noss's thing is, is just finding consistent draw, man. Sullivan takes some of those. Good takes some of those as well. And it's just finding the ability. And it's so tough against a team like Sandwich. who has got someone like Tim Blaner <laughs> who's going to win you at least 80% of the face-offs in the game. At least 80%. Absolutely. So, um Again, NASA, you know, again, a great start, but definitely need to pull something together there. Cool. Got anything else you wanted to mention? Um, just this week, you know, kind of off of high school sports, you know, we have the Mass Four Ball Championships Absolutely. down here Captain's Course actually underway as we're on the air now in the first round today. I think the real cool uh, story angle here is Matt Parziali, mm-hmm. a Brockton firefighter who actually played in the Masters. He's down here to defend the Mass Four Ball title. The, the location changes every year, it's not always at Captain's Course in Brewster. You know, it switches locations from year to year. But he's back to defend the title with uh, Herb Ankins from Pine Hills in Plymouth. So it'll be really interesting to see if they can make a three-peat. And cool. I'm interested to ask Parziali, what's it like on the other side? Now you know, you've been to the Masters, you know, what's it like coming back to these tournaments?
1: Yeah. And uh, one other cool event coming up this weekend is the Ragnar Cape Cod, which is this relay marathon where teams basically run across Cape Cod. I think – in years past, you would actually literally run over one of the bridges, but because of construction, it's they're not really doing that this year, right? Because uh, it's kind of dangerous. But so if you see runners like, like lots of them at two in the morning or something, whether or not we're crazy to be doing it, there is a like method to the madness. So you know, I'll be doing it. We got another guy, Patrick Cassidy from the Times. We're on the same team. Looking forward to that. So if you see some a bunch of runners running by, give them a cup of water or something because they're they're working hard this weekend. Or at the very least, drive safely. Yeah, they slow around corners. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They'll wear reflective gear and stuff if yeah. they're running at night. So, you know, they're
0: and there's volunteers. They I, I yeah. saw a little bit last year. They do a good job of making sure crossings are safe. Exactly. So uh, best of luck with that. Hopefully we have you back. <laughs> this is got a big episode next week. Yeah. Episode ten. Uh, make digits. sure you're back in one piece, please. We'll do,
1: you know, <laughs> if I have a leg injury, you won't be able to see it because of the table. That's line. true. Anyway, That's true. Cool. I think that I do it for us here at Cape Sports Now. Uh, be sure to check us out uh, every af- every morning in the Cape Cod Times print edition, and find our coverage online at capecodtimes.com/sports. You can find this episode and previous episodes at capecodtimes.com/slash Cape Now. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm Matt Goisman, and you can find me at Matt Goisman, C-C-T. That's M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T.
0: And I'm Steve Dardarian. You can find me on Twitter at Steve underscore Dardarian. That's D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N. We'll see you next weekend or see you next week for Episode 10. Bye.